heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Well, hello and welcome to this live episode of Healing the Whole Person. I am... Uh, one of your hosts today. We have a full house at WSFI Catholic Radio. And today we're going to talk about some of the things that plague our culture. So with us on the line is uh, John Horvat. John, are you there? Yes, glad to be on the show. Glad to have you on the show. So John Horvat is the Vice President of Tradition, Family, and Property, where he serves as Vice President. He is author of the book, Return to Order. He is the author of a blog. And he's known, uh, the way I know John, or I'm familiar with his work, is uh, usually if there's an issue in the Catholic culture that needs to come to our attention and we need something to get to do something about it, uh, usually I can expect an email from John to come across my inbox. So welcome to the show, John. Great, great to be on. Yes, and also here in our studio audience is uh, Father John Calgaro, who just led us in the chaplet. Father John is Mm -hmm. at, say hello, Father. Greetings, everyone. He says, says, greetings and God bless you all. And uh, we know (laughs) Father John from the Pilgrim Virgin Ministry. You hear many of the spots at WSFI Catholic Radio. And we have Bonnie Quirk, who is the fo- one of the founders and serves right now as the Chief Kahuna at Lake County Right to Life. So welcome, Bonnie. Well, thank you. And Rosemary Simon, who also was involved in Lake County Right to Life from um, almost the very beginning. Is that right, Rosemary? 1980. 1980, and uh, of course, beginning. Not, the be- not quite the beginning. Yeah, you're a newcomer, 1980. 40 years ago. Yeah, you're a newbie. And Ian Oakley is here. So um, we invited John to be on the show because um, a number of us were talking about um, pornography is one of the issues that infiltrates the culture. And uh, Father Calgaro will talk talk a little bit later about... um, what he hears, what he sees going on in the culture through the vantage point of being a Catholic priest and, of course, confession. So, Father, you're not mm. going to name names, right? No. No, no names named. Everything is anonymous, of course. Yes, anonymous, of course. But you see trends that are going on. So, John, tell us a little bit first about you wrote the book about Return to Order. Tell us a little bit about that, mm. and then we'll talk about your latest um, work uh, speaking out against the pornography at the Super Bowl. All right. Yes, um, I wrote the book, Return to Order. It's a, it's a book that helps people understand better where we went wrong in our culture and in our economy, and where we need to go from a Catholic perspective. Uh, the Catholic Church has a lot of answers to, uh, to, to so, so many of our problems, even our economic problems. And uh, I, thought I've, uh, I thought it was really necessary as we look into these things, because they're, we're really not looking, we're not really not doing anything offering anything positive from the po- that point of view. And uh, so I wrote the book, Return to Order, to, to address that and to address also our society problems, which are very much connected with the, the economic problems. And where did we go wrong, John? Oh. Well, we've gone wrong for a long, well, it's, been, it's a long time. It's not just something that's happened over the last uh, even 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I trace our economic problems all the way back to the Industrial Revolution and how it, it, it's not that I'm against uh, industry or mo- modern industry, but the fact that it, it hastened the pace of our life and, and changed all our, cho- our social structures. And uh, so, yeah, th- this, was, this was something that really uh, shook things up and 
and you know, as as time went on, it accelerated. Today, we're just really going very fast. Everything's so fast. Everything's so you have to have it instantly. And, uh, you know, regardless of the consequences. Mm-hmm. How about some of the movements that we're facing in the culture today, the longstanding movements that are attacking Catholic values? Well, definitely, I mean, you have the whole homosexual revolution, which is uh, just is immense, and now the transgender uh, revolution, which is also just, uh, it just came upon us, you know, within the last three or four years. Uh, but it's the feminism, uh, all these things, all these, um, you know, these, these, these trends that uh, you see in the culture and in, in the academy, um, all over, they are, they are uh, what's, uh, what's driving our culture today. And I think we see the consequences in the, in the, uh, in, the in broken homes and, and, and empty churches. You know, uh, John, this is Bonnie. Uh, I think Rosemary and I and many others have been involved in the Right to Life movement. And, you know, Mm -hmm. 47 years ago, uh, when that infamous decision came down, uh, Mm -hmm. the tentacles of that have seeped everywhere into our culture. In what way, Uh, Blenny? Oh, uh, uh, the rise in pornography, the breakup of the family, uh, the demasculization Mm -hmm. of males, uh, using women as objects, uh, and we can get into the Super Bowl show shortly. But uh, I I think, and, and, and I've got to say, Uh, the absolute quiet across the churches in America uh, on the moral Mm. issues, on these issues that so affect our culture. Uh, The legalization of marijuana is just a big step Mm -hmm. to open drugs. uh, And on and on and on, you know. And and being Mm -hmm. an Oklahoma girl, the Confederacy should have won. The industrialization... (laughs) would not have occurred <laughs> as it did and we fought right. that war over a different issue but uh that's another right. story for another day and not but, necessarily the views right. of wsfi radio right <laughs> we don't want to get that fan mail tonight that's Bonnie's view which is a, a point well taken Bonnie. Uh, but yeah all these issues come together i mean you have to it's not just marijuana or just feminism or just abortion. They all come together. They're all a moral problem that's uh, very deep inside of, of, of our culture. And it is uh, what, what it is a moral problem, but it does love all religious problems. Yeah. We have abandoned God. And, but, and when you abandon God, bad things happen. And they are happening. And I think, John, it's not just the rejection of God, which is horrendous, but um, in some of your emails... Offending God, yeah. Yeah, and, but you've sent emails out about this trend when we've seen um, the rise of Satanism. Yes, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, they're trying to mainstream Satanism all over, all over the place. You know, it, it is very becoming mainstream with the Church of Satan, the Satanic Temple. Um, there are books out there about about satanic um, act political activism how to cast spells on 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 politicians i mean that's where we've come to and it, you know we have to and we have to always fight against it i mean i've uh, done a lot of we've done a lot of work it, it's done a lot of work wherever they show their heads we try to we try to also be there to say no we don't we don't accept it 
Well, I hear there, John, that there's a book out uh, teaching children. It's it's aimed at ten, nine and ten year olds on how to conjure up evil spirits, and I hear right. it's very popular. Uh, you know, on Amazon, and it came out mm -hmm. right around Christmas. So I guess you could buy your child uh, the exact mm -hmm. antithesis of what Christmas is in conjuring yeah. up demons. But that's for real. Uh, uh, that's for real right, in our culture. Yeah, this is not just play things or just funny, you know, funny little things that you do. When you conjure up uh, spirits, it is very serious, and uh, it, can, it can lead to very, very, very bizarre, very uh, tragic things. Uh, you know, every parent should just be very, very aware of what their children are doing in this, part, in, in this regard. Never, ever allow something that seems so innocent. It isn't. It really is. You're, you're playing with fire. Uh, I think apathy in the culture is driving uh, the culture to turn away from God. People mm -hmm. are disengaged totally. I mean, we've got to realize that, uh, you know, attendance at, at Mass is down, uh, mm -hmm. a reverence for the Eucharist, adoration, uh, all of those things that protect us. Uh, so, on the positive side, what do you think we can do about this? How can we change well, I mean, our culture to Catholic? I, I think there is, there is a lot of that out there, and so there, it is very dominant, as you speak. Also, in America, there is a lot of reaction, uh, much more so than, let's say, Europe or places where other former Catholic countries, uh, Americans do react to things. I mean, even the abortion issue, I think, is one of the prime um, examples, because it's, we've been at the battle for a long time, but... Uh, uh, they haven't won. It's uh, it's uh, it's still the it's still the preeminent issue in in America after after all these years. And you know, if nobody can nobody can ignore the pro-lifers, not not even the president. He has to be there. He has to he has to be uh, you know out there to, uh, to, to because it is. I'm sure he also cares about the alliance, but it is also a very important part of our of the of, of our political process today. So. We we do react. Americans do react, and we have. Uh, there are a lot of activists out there. You know, I think uh, there is a. There, you know, quantity wise, we we're not nearly what we should be. But you know, when people do react, they are they do react very strongly, and uh, there are a lot of activists there that is out there that is really uh, reacting in ways which 20 or 30 years ago they wouldn't react. Because they're out on the street, they're doing. You know, they're they're. Uh, protesting, they're uh, going after the congressman, they're doing things that uh, is, are, are very, very good, and I think we have to always encourage that. Um, Father John, what do you have to say? You're you're out there well, in the, on every Saturday. Like you just to, need to put uh, that mic closer to you, Father. Put that close. There we go. Just to uh, get back to what Bonnie said. Okay. Yeah, a little better. There we go. What Bonnie said. Pretend you're mad, Father. The voice of the, the church on this issue. And I think there are two things that developed over the years that have hindered the church from speaking out on this issue of the sexual revolution. The whole tendency of the Vatican Council from the beginning 
was to be a council that, to be open to the world, which is not a bad idea. You want to be open to the world to evangelize the world, to convert the world to Christ. But somehow it got twisted around, and the idea of dialogue became the prevalent mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So you don't convert anybody, you dialogue with them. So the church and the moral authority of the church was kind of reluctant to attack the purveyors of the sexual revolution. They thought they could dialogue with them. Well, we've seen how that turned out. Uh, corruption in the church became part of the product of that, and we've seen this over the sexual scandal going on among the clergy, and even among the highest ranks, unfortunately. Another thing is that the emphasis on devotion of Blessed Mother. Perhaps inadvertently, there has been a downsizing of devotion to the Blessed Mother until John Paul II came on the scene. You probably call back in the council, one of the hottest debated issues was the role of the Blessed Mother in the church. Some of the church fathers at the council wanted to have a separate schema or schemata on the Blessed Mother. Others said, no, she should be included in the document of the church, Lumen Gentium. So they went out, a small, small majority, a handful of votes they went out. It was almost 50-50. But this decision was characterized as a downsizing or downplaying of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I think that was the unintended consequence. So as a result, the influence of the Blessed Virgin Mary was downgraded, the rosary was the, the emphasized devotions of Blessed Mother, Ray, by crownings and all those popular devotions were downsized. And so as a result, if you don't have the Blessed Mother as a model of chastity and a model of purity, the whole church suffers, and that includes the clergy. So I think the downsizing devotion to Blessed Mother, uh, an, an erroneous concept of dialogue with the world, has brought about the sexual brought about this sexual revolution that we're all experiencing unfortunate consequences in the church well father we are the church of nice aren't we <laughs> yeah we got to be nice don't we yes, we yes. have to be nice we have we 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 have we should start up. condemning a little bit you know when things are bad we should go on to condemn them <laughs> i i think they're well, you, uh, and you are being nice when you tell people they're doing wrong because you're preventing them from going to hell and from making their situation worse. So. <laughs> I, th I think that uh, we suffer, you know, we, we, we Catholics have been sealed in confirmation with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We are sealed with them. And fortitude is one of those gifts. And I think that that is a gift uh, that the Holy Spirit in this time and, and place is calling Catholics to uh, stand up to the culture, recognize uh, that if you really love someone, you want them to go to heaven. That is the whole object mm -hmm. of love. You don't want them to... You don't want to be nice and let them continue doing things that might lose their soul. But it requires a little bit of fortitude to do that. 
Uh, and, and I think that that's a gift that we should be praying not only to the Holy Spirit who sealed us with that gift, but to Our Lady. Uh, she would not put up with some of this. So, John, what would Our Lady say about the, um, not to pile on here, but what, what would Our Lady say about the Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah, I mean, it, that was just a, uh, incredibly horrific. Uh, uh, we, uh, we did a protest against it because uh, it was just, I mean, just so, so horrible. The, the gestures, the, the, uh, all the, the children in cages, uh, it was just, and the, and the costumes there, if you could call them costumes. I, I mean, I think she was very, very, would be very, very offended. Uh, it was just, we expected it to be bad. But, I don't think people expect it to be that bad because there were just so many things that you saw on the screen that you say, well, I, I, one, one lady wrote to me and said, I saw the Super Bowl, part of the Super Bowl halftime show, and I, I sat on my couch and wept because I, I, have to, I have to raise four children in this culture. And I think that pretty much does it. Yeah. Now, you circulated a petition, John? Yes, there is a petition, uh, and uh, we did a petition on this uh, on this issue. Um, on uh, returntoorder.org is the, is, is the website. I think we've closed that petition, though, at this point because it, it, is, it is, has been 10 days. But we did, uh, we, did send, we did get a lot of signatures. I think it was – I don't have it in front of me now, but it was, it was quite a good number. What would you uh, estimate? Least, Excuse me? What would you estimate as the number of people signed? Something like 15,000 or 20,000, which is very good for our particular website. 20,000 in 10 days? We all. Yes. We also at Lake County Right to Life put out our newsletter on that Super Bowl show asking people to call or write the. NFL and to uh, yeah. uh, to attack the well not attack but to uh, boycott Pepsi and to write the right. sponsor of that show. Uh, you know mm-hmm. I think that the intended consequences of that have there was nothing unintended about that show. Every costume. No. Every gesture was well rehearsed. Uh, every mm-hmm. movement, every bringing in the eleven-year-olds to to do background mm-hmm. music was intentional. Right. There was nothing unintentional. It led to right. sex trafficking, and we know during the Super Bowl that that is the number one day for sex trafficking is the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. It led to pornography to continue that feel that uh, men or women would get from being stimulated to seeing a show like that. And it led Mm -hmm. uh, probably to abortion because I am sure there were a lot of young Mm -hmm. girls who got pregnant uh, as a result Mm -hmm. of that show. There was nothing unintended about it. So uh, I I really think the culture needs to wake up. These things are well planned. Abortion mm-hmm. just didn't turn up. Pornography didn't just come on the scene. These things are all leading 
really a demonic culture, a culture that has its eyes on idolatry rather than the Lord. Um, and, and, and John, you were mentioning, um, I think your group builds awareness, at least what, what it's done for me is build awareness to what's going on that we might not, not necessarily hear when we're turning on other news sources, and you help mobilize people to address it. Tell us just before we, I yeah. know you only promised me 15 minutes and we're banging on the door of the 15 minutes, but tell us a little bit more about your organization and what can our listeners do to support your efforts? Well, uh, we uh, we do uh, actually do. Uh, uh, the, the organization is called the, the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, uh, TFP, and we're a civic organization of Catholic inspiration. And we uh, do work in, in defense of um, pro-life work, pro-family work. We do books and studies, youth, youth uh, uh, and university um, ministries, um, and. Uh, we're, we always we try to be, uh, we, we want to be at the cutting edge, because that's where you need to, to fight. Uh, you need to, you know, to put it, to, to dampen that fighting at that cutting edge. So we have been in the, in the, the forefront of the fight against Satanism, drag queen story hours, all these kind of things that are just, you know, right out there that are, are trying to, to, to push their way into the mainstream. And, and I think we... We have had some good good success. You know, sometimes you don't see the success, but the mere fact that so many people start protesting, it, it makes them cautious. And I, I, we've seen them becoming more cautious and uh, and you know trying different different tactics. They're not you know not not doing things that they they did before. So we uh, we we just want to keep the pressure on. And so if you go to our website www.tfp.org, usually there's a protest on the front page. You can you can sign the petition. Uh, and uh, and there's also a lot of uh, of good reading and uh, articles and publications. Well, I enjoy seeing you at the March for Life in Washington D.C. I enjoy yeah. seeing your group. You're always very visible, uh, and have been right. for for many many years. And Rosemary and I both know Preston Knoll very well. So, oh, yeah. uh, right. yeah. who is certainly a stalwart. Uh, so. Uh, your organization is wonderful. You're visible, and and they're unafraid. And and you're you courageous. have fortitude. You have fortitude. <laughs> hey, John. One more thing. Now, um, one of the women who's working part time here is Anne Marie Dunlap, the woman who called you and Chris yep. Dunlap and Anne Marie. Uh, they've been with our radio mm-hmm. station since it started, and they're always out there in the forefront. With when you have the drag queen story hours, they're they're out there with the Virgin right. Mary praying the Rosary. Now their children right. were going to a Catholic high school, and they didn't feel it was Catholic enough. So now, is that mm-hmm. your school that they're attending, the high school that they're attending in D.C. or Philadelphia? Uh, we have a um, we have a boys' academy for uh, young Catholic boys. Um, it's uh, it's near Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, and uh, it's a boarding school, and uh, it. We want to give them a, a good formation in, in Catholic teachings, in the rosary, uh, daily mass, uh, um, confession, and uh, just also the, the mere fact you have boys together, and, and when boys are together and they pray the rosary together and they're doing virtuous things together, it makes it a lot easier. They, they don't have that bad influence a lot of times that comes from bad boys that enter in and talk about bad things. Well, the so highlight, we try to keep those things out. The highlight from our end was when, uh, what was the name of that man who sees the Pacamama and threw it in the river? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, Alexander Shubel. Yeah, Alexander, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I think he came to the school and spoke. 
I think. No, actually, it came to one of our functions in Washington. But okay. I, I think the academy did go down. A good number went down. They can, you know, we, we, we it's close enough so that they could. Some of the sort of some of the boys went and and talked to. What what a great thing to expose. So how old are the the boys that attend the academy with the age range? It's 7th to 12th grade. 7th to 12th grade. So if our listeners are out there and you have a grandson or a son that you're wondering Mm -hmm. uh, what's in his future, how can they get more information about your academy? I would Google uh, uh, St. Louis de Montfort Academy. St. Louis de Montfort Academy. Um, It should get you to uh, to to that site. I don't have it right in front of me. There, there are things. Or you can uh, Google TFD. Well, just that's the best way. You'll find it there, and you can go to the contact place and ask for information. Well, thank you so much. You were a delightful guest on such short notice, and uh, we all, no, we're all no smiling and nodding. Father, maybe give John your blessing before John, he hangs up to pass his Keep up the fight, and here's a blessing for you coming your way. Blessed Almighty God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Keep up the fire. Amen. Keep Thank up. you very much, Father. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. So we're coming up on a break. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM, Healing the Whole Person. Today we're talking about obtaining healing from some of the pernicious influences in our culture. So um, hang in there. We're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back. Join us for our second annual First Communion Fashion Show. St. Therese of Lesseur Catholic Church in Kenosha, Wisconsin will display a selection of 16 different styles of First Communion dresses and veils provided by Holy Family Catholic Bookstore on Sunday, February 16th, beginning at 1 p.m. Bring your daughters, granddaughters, and goddaughters to this beautiful preview hosted by the ladies of St. Therese Parish. Admission is free and refreshments will be served. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Regis, the rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age 
that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, and families. And we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices. And we invoke Mother Mary also in all the saints in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners. And may they be broken in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May he send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them. And may our Mother Mary place her motherly mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall. Amen. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Well, hello and welcome back to this episode of Healing the Whole Person. I'm your host, Angela Tomlinson, but wait, we have five hosts. We have another host that just walked in, that handsome husband, Matthew, just walked into the studio, and David Bending. Uh, We're talking about uh, different cultural issues that adversely affect us and how we can be healed from them. But before we go into the next segment of the show, uh, Father, we have some prayer requests for you. Uh, first and foremost, um, we have Jay Press. I think his name is Jay Pressburg. Yeah, Jay Pressburg is having brain surgery uh, right. tomorrow to remove a non-malignant tumor on his brain. Do you wow. want to go through one by one, or do you want me to, to want us to read them all out to you, and then you can do a general prayer? Well, why don't you read them all out? We'll read them all out. Okay. Uh, Lawrence Dunlap, who is Ian Marie Dunlap's father-in-law and Chris Dunlap's dad, uh, he went into the hospital for some heart surgery, and now he's suffering from uh, some complications. I'll just put it that way. Uh, the repose of the soul of Liam. Is it Liam Nold that you mm-hmm. had had? Oh, yes. Liam. And yes. Was he an altar server? His brothers are altar servers. He's, uh, his younger brothers were altar servers. He never served mass, but his family very close to Marytown. Mm-hmm. And then you had a prayer request, uh, Rosemary. I'd like to pray for my grandson, George Clark, and for his mother. He's been having a lot of issues with bad friends in school as a freshman. And he is uh, very confused, and he is studying for the Sacrament of Confirmation at this time and is in a great period of rebellion. And Bonnie, you had someone? Uh, I'd like to pray for baby Owen David 
Smith, uh, the eighth child of the Smith family. Uh, David is with the Illinois Family Institute, Dr. Dobson's organization. Uh, their eighth baby was born with Down syndrome, which they welcomed wholeheartedly, but the baby has had a lot of medical complications, had an emergency colostomy, and uh, will face uh, four or five other surgeries. So. Uh, we pray for that whole family, their number eight baby. They're all homeschooled uh, and for God's will uh, and for healing for the baby. And my friend Natalie, uh, her granddaughter, Brianna, is waiting for a liver transplant. And she wouldn't, she wasn't on the list and she just found out she's on the list now. So we're praying that God's will be done for Natalie. And Annie, do you have anyone for prayer requests? Uh, just Rita, Gagal Rita Gagliano. Gagliano. Rita Gagliano. And David, do you have any prayer requests? I do not. He does not. Okay. So I think that's the laundry list, Father, unless you have some. Let us all join together and trust these intentions to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. So, Father, before we went on break, if for those of you just tuning in, uh, we're talking about things that are pernicious in our culture, and one of the things that we're talking about is um, some of the consequences or the unintended consequences of things like the uh, Super Bowl halftime show and pornography, which has pretty much infiltrated our culture. As a Catholic priest, Father, what do you see? Well, you're dealing with uh, mortal sin. And uh, the consequence of mortal sin is... If, well, the unfortunate, the but most drastic consequence is living eternal life. So, but in the meantime, you have a lot of temporal or things that happen that, that happen in the world because of mortal sin, the sin of pornography. Women are looked upon as objects. Husbands look upon their wives as objects. Problems in the family. Marriages break up. And did you have an honest, you have addictions, just like you have alcoholic addiction, you got drug addiction, you have pornography addiction too. And so the brain has become strange to depend upon looking at erotic imagery. Sometimes it's a slide into it, you know, start with soft pornography, and then little by little, the hard pornography comes. So, you know, when you're giving the sin a little bit, pretty soon you give in more, and you give in more, and give in more, and pretty soon you become addicted. Now, I'm not saying everybody who looks at pornography is addicted to it, but I would say, considering the vast use of pornography internet, I think about 30% of all the internet is used for, for, for pornography, if I'm not mistaken. But you consider the vast use of pornography, especially by by men and sometimes by women too, it's becoming increasing use. Uh, the pornography is being used more and more by women too. It's so, uh, you know, it's uh, easy to become addicted. Not everybody is addicted, but I would say there was a lot of people 
men and women who look at pornography and then they have a possibility to become addicted to it. So as a church, we have to help these people to become unaddicted, help these people to overcome their addiction with the help of divine grace, and that's where the sacrament of confession comes in, so important. People who have attraction to pornography or, or, or addicted to it, I mean, there's a casual observer of pornography, and there's some people who have, they live for, for pornography. Those people need to go to confession frequently, I would say at least once a week, every two weeks at least, to train their souls and brains to uh, reject the, the temptation of the flesh and to, and to uh, rid themselves of the occasion of sin and not look at erotic imagery. So that is the challenge of the church, you know, if they, if they make available confession to a great number of people who are afflicted by pornography. The number is very great, of course. You, you know, go ahead, Rosemary. Do you think because uh, confessions are offered so frequently at Marytown that you are getting a lot more confessions there and Absolutely. hearing more. Actually, other parishes offer f confession on a frequent basis precisely because of the pernicious and widespread use of pornography. I mean, how can you really attend people? You only got a half hour confessions, you know. You got a parish of two, three thousand families, you only have a half hour confessions a week. But that doesn't even make a dent. And most people aren't even going to bother. So we at Maryton, of course, offer ample time for confessions, and so I would say uh, the men who, who go to confession, I would say 80% have something to do with pornography, some more extreme than others, but I would say 80% of all the men who go to confession that I've had, they confess something to do with uh, erotic uh, imagery, looking at erotic things, and uh, also sexual sins, you know, could be solitary sexual sins or could be fornication or adultery, 80%. And, and, and surprisingly enough, even a lot of women, too, confess used looking at pornography. Not as much as, much as men, but a lot of women, too. You know, Father, I would, I would say... Uh, I, I don't believe in soft pornography versus hard. It's like good witch versus bad. I think uh, our culture has embraced the idea. Uh, young women dress in a very suggestive way. And men, young men, uh, you know, uh, the eyes are the window to the soul. So right. they right. see young women dressed uh or not dressed, I, I think there's more less clothing than there is clothing on some of them. And I live near the high school, so I see a lot of what young people are wearing, and that is why I think uniforms in school should be mandated in private and public school. But uh, I, I think it starts out that way, and then with the use of drugs and alcohol and the sexual revolution and the rewiring of your brain, 
when you are immersed in that in that type of stuff but i will agree with you that it starts subtly and then builds up uh and i don't know what the answer is but i'm sure you have one it's a spiritual answer what did the lord say anyone who looks at a woman with lust in his heart has already committed adultery with her in his heart so it begins with seeing and thinking, you know, lust. Mm -hmm. How do you tame lust? You have to wage warfare against lust, basically. Use the spiritual weapons to overcome lust and and to uh, to conquer it and to uh, achieve a heart that is pure. Purity. In order to have a pure soul, pure heart, you have to do spiritual battle against lust. A Lord once said, those who belong to Christ Jesus, they crucified their flesh with his passions and desires. That's pretty strong language when you think about it. Use the word crucifixion, crucified your passions. Crucified your flesh with his passions and desires. What's well, crucifixion is death. Put to death, he's saying. That's a spiritual warfare right there. So we have to uh, promote that among our young people, and uh, we got to teach people the chastity, basically, you know. And we, the other conference we had just before this one, there were there were, we, we were mentioning the fact that the pastors of the church, leaders of the the church, haven't always been very forefront in that teaching our people about chastity, especially young people. You know, we want to be nice to everyone. The truth is nice, you know, dialogue. So as a result, they, Satan takes, gains, they gains, gains, gains territory. So, you know, the church has to do a lot better business in teaching our people about chastity, especially the young people. So do parents, Father. Uh, so do parents, you know. Throughout the ages, the command in the church has been teach your children. We haven't done a very good job of that. Uh, you know, oftentimes I think uh, those social issues invade the family and we forget the children. But uh, I think there's a great opportunity for people to be teaching their children by example, taking them to church, not dropping them off understanding the sacraments, uh, having Our Lady enshrined in their home, Our Lady of Fatima. I believe uh, uh, all of these things are spiritual weapons. Absolutely. I think people who homeschool their children in a position do that better than other people because, you know, even if you send your kids to some Catholic schools, you don't know if they're going to be educated correctly in the moral teachings of the church and, and be taught to appreciate purity of heart and life of chastity. I have my doubts, quite frankly, in, in a lot of Catholic schools. And they could even be teaching things contrary to Catholic faith, too, for all you know. You know, Father, when we first started the radio station, we were looking at, well, why do we need a Catholic radio station? And then the numbers just blew me away. And you figured this had to be 15 years ago when we were filing for the application. But at that time, 90% of the teachers in Catholic school 
disagreed with the church's teaching on contraception. Ninety yeah. percent, mm-hmm. and those are the ones in the Catholic school. I don't know what it would be. I guess it'd be close to hundred percent in the in the in the public school. Well, I think sometimes could be even worse in the Catholic schools than some public schools. Why do you think that, Father? Well, I know, I won't mention names, but I know some public schools where the uh, social directors and some of the administration are good Christian people. Mm-hmm. And they might have better Catholic values than some of our people in the Catholic schools have. So you have to be careful. Where, like That's why I like so much John Horvat's school, that, he, that academy that he's running. Because they, after Louis Marie de Montfort, I mean, you can't get better than that. Those kids are getting just solid Catholic teaching, not just in, they're not being taught to keep their religion to themselves. They're not being taught that at all. They're being taught to go win the world for Christ. I think, uh, I think also when you send your children to Catholic school or, you know, a, another denominational school, uh, you kind of think that everything will be very good, but what happens when kids come home and tell you what what the teacher has said in class, and it is contrary to your belief, and you are paying tuition, and uh, it sets up a a a battle between the parent and the child because the child said, well. Uh, you're telling me this, but my teacher's telling me that, and you're paying for my education. So who am I to believe? And it sets up that questioning, continuous uh, dichotomy that just goes on and on and on. So I think it's subtly very dangerous sometimes. True. So, Father, you hit the nail on the head about the sacraments. I mean, one of the things that, actually, when you were saying people are going to confession every week, I consider that heroic. <laughs> I think when, you, when you're mentioning that maybe 80% are dealing with this instead of going to confession, I don't know what that means for the people who aren't going to confession, but how courageous are, you know, sometimes it's not the victory. The victory is up to Christ. It's the effort that those people are putting in, to me, to attain holiness. What do you think, Father? Well, I, as far as those who come to Marytown, from my perspective, you know, my experience, I would say they're trying to make an honest effort to overcome any attachment to erotic imagery, pornography, whether it be hard stuff or soft pornography. Like Bionni said, it's basically boiled down to the same thing. It's, you know, it's the lust of the eyes, you know. And left of the heart. So anyway, they're trying to make an honest effort. A lot of them come to confession once a week, every two weeks, once a month, and they're trying to make an effort. And that's good. I applaud them. They're going to have to keep it up, you see. Mm-hmm. They keep it up and don't well, give up. Is there a physical side of this? So I think that we talked about this. Definitely your battle's not with flesh and blood. It's with spiritual. But is there also like a physical addiction that's going on with these people that they need to be weaned off of or is it all psychological or spiritual well i'm not really i can't really say but lots of people that confess pornography also take drugs and and uh, they are heavy drinkers too so i would i know uh from we we've studied this in uh uh the chastity initiative in 
in having or people who are opposed to pornography who have really dealt with the issue. It is number one addictive. Uh, it, it is number two brain altering. It, is a, it actually produces holes in your brain. Uh, the addiction, the continued use, and so the counseling and the spiritual and confession and all of that are, are really required because it is uh, a, a bodily addictive, uh, destructive, worse than, like a cancer. It is a cancer, uh, it, it, but it is a spiritual cancer. Uh, and so it, it's very difficult. So we're winding down. Just want to thank our guests today, Father John Calgaro, Bonnie Corrick, Annie Oakley, Rosemary Simon, our producer, David Bending from Carmel, who's here in the studio. Back again, David, back again. Um, and before we close, Father, maybe I know that we've had people tell us when we've done uh, healing conferences, especially on the uh, this issue, they didn't feel comfortable going to their own church some of them like one man told me he drove four parishes over because he's a eucharistic minister and he was you know embarrassed by it so father would you mind giving people the information at marytown and when their hours for confession are in case there's someone in the audience that feels right. like they want that complete anonymity and go well, to a priest that understands yes we have confessions at marytown monday through friday and there's always two priests available when we hear confessions monday through friday Every morning from 10.30 to 11.30 and in the afternoon, 6 to 7 in the afternoon, Monday through Friday. And once in a while we have special days when we have uh, extra confessions, you know, like the feast days or Divine Mercy, something like that. But every, every, every week, every day, Monday through Friday, we have confessions in the morning and the afternoon. Thank you, Father. And could you leave us, uh, before we close, will you give us your priestly blessing, please? Well, I think in a spiritual conflict, we need to pray a lot to St. Michael the Archangel. So it we'll sounds great. St. Michael the Archangel. Archangel. So y'all please join in. St. Michael, Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, o Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, Cast into hell Satan and all other evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Thank you. Or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.